0: You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Halley. Hello, Oilers fans, and thank you once again for tuning in to The Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Connor Halley. Make sure you give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley, and before we get into today's addition of this show, we gotta thank our sponsor, DraftKings. It's playoff time, big stakes, bigger promotions. Every day of basketball's playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part, it's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free to play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. DraftKings free to play pools are easy to enter just download the DraftKings app go to pools and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes all you have to do is answer a handful of questions about what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first DraftKings is safe secure and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience download the top rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total cash prizes every day of the basketball playoffs head to DraftKings pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes that's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings eligibility restrictions apply see DraftKings.com for details Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to the other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Connor Halley. And to all of you who tuned in throughout the season, I really do appreciate it. And some good news, we're going to keep it going through the offseason. Of course, there's lots to get to. We've got free agency. We've got the draft. We've got the whole combine leading up to it. So we'll try to familiarize you with some of the prospects that might be there when the Oilers select. We'll see if they go forward, defense, goaltender. To me, it's almost the best player available situation for the Oilers heading into this draft. Of course, though those players ideally not really going to matter for the Edmonton Oilers for a couple of years. Free agency is where it's really going to be big. So we'll talk about that as it approaches. Of course, the Stanley Cup playoffs roll on without the Edmonton Oilers, who fell in triple overtime on Monday night. Kyle Connor scoring the winner. The Oilers swept. One thing I do want to address before we get into the show here today, of course, is the Ethan Bear situation, and we all know in that game, he had a bad turnover on the game's tying goal, kind of threw a pizza up the middle, which resulted in the Jets tying the game at three apiece, and you know what, when that sort of thing happens, you can be critical. It's totally fair to criticize a player for those things. One thing I'll tell you, though, he knows it already. He knows he made that bad pass, he's going to learn from it, and he's still a very young player one thing you can't do is attack him for his race, and that happened unfortunately on social media, and social media, you know, it it can be a cesspool. A lot of great things can come from it, but a lot of bad things do as well, and people can kind of be cowards behind their keyboard. They don't have to use their real names, and unfortunately there was some racist comments directed in Ethan Bear's way, and that's just unacceptable. That cannot be happening in our society right now. It's cowardly, it's disgusting, and one thing I will say, the Oilers fans, the community, the NHL community, really, to me showed up and defended this young man, and he came out and released a statement and showed a million times more maturity than those who said the things about him. So to Ethan Baer, his family, um, you know, people of color out there, I'm for, I'm sorry that you have to go through that. I'm sorry that people will still stoop that low and and think they're being witty when they make those remarks. It's unacceptable. We gotta move on and, uh, can't do that anymore. So just glad that, uh, he could be the bigger man there. Come out, say what he said and be an example, be a role model. And hopefully that's the last time that we have to deal with the trash that, uh, came out of that whole situation. But I just wanted to say that and, uh, we'll move on from it. On a positive note though, we've got an awesome show coming up for you here on the other Connor podcast. We're going to bring in two of TSN 1260's finest, Matthew Owanik of the Dave Jameson Show, which you can hear on TSN 1260, Monday through Friday from noon until 2. You can also give him a follow on Twitter, at Matthew Awanek. And Alan Mitchell from The Lowdown with Low Tide. He also writes at The Athletic. He's on air from 10 a.m. until noon. So if you like these guys, he got four hours straight of it, Monday through Friday on TSN 1260. You can also give LT a follow on Twitter, at Low Tide. I had this conversation earlier on in the day. Why don't we jump into it right now? Talking all things Edmonton Oilers. We're now joined by Matthew Wanick of TSN 1260 and Alan Mitchell, also of TSN 1260 and The Athletic. You can hear them both Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. TSN 1260. Uh, I know you guys typically only speak on Friday mornings during Al's show just to, you know, keep it fresh and probably build up some tension throughout the week. So I'm really excited that you are both willing to hop on here tonight.
1: Yeah, we're, we're, uh, um, we, we, we keep the, the entire rage and tension between us contained in about a 10 or 15 minute, uh, period. And the rest of the time we, we DM, you know, awful things to each other, but that's about it. Uh, right, Matt? No.
2: Yeah, some days I just drive by and I try to throw eggs at Al's place (laughs) and it drives by. I don't even want to stop. Um, and I think I have it in my contract that I'm only allowed to speak with Al, or the only time I'll do it is, on his show on Fridays, outside of maybe, like, one or two instances during the year. So so you're taking up one of those, Connor, um, because otherwise I, I don't share airwaves with Alan Mitchell. i just also like to point out I got first billing, not you, Al.
1: Yeah, I noticed that. I assume that uh, that you, you got some, you know, you paid at least, Hallie, uh, some money for that. I will say that uh, Awanek is the only person on staff who has tried run over me in the parking lot <laughs> and at a Safeway. So he's... Uh, Uh, you got to watch him no matter where you are. He's just that kind of guy.
0: Well, you know what? And what I thought about was like you guys talk once a week, and that's it on air where you're censored. Uh, I noticed if you look at this podcast on Apple, uh, there is an E beside it, explicit. So you guys don't have to hold back anymore. Like if there's something you really want to say, this isn't the time to do it. There are ramifications for your actions, so don't say anything you're gonna regret, but at the same time I, I don't wanna tell you what to say. If you got something you really gotta get off your chest and you know you couldn't do it on the AM
1: airwaves, this is the time.
2: This might be a very long podcast when how <laughs> and I are through with each other. <laughs>
1: Just, to, this is like, you know, two guys with, you know, two by fours or big pieces of lumber just ha- hammering each other. Uh, no, I, you know, I, I've been told, I've been on a few podcasts and people say, hey, you can say anything you want, but I'm, I've been doing this for so long. You, you, like swearing or, or saying something that, you know, that, uh, you know, that, that is into a microphone is just, I, I'm so used to not doing that. I don't think I could ever do it. Well, I, I mean, I, I know you've said something, Kind of bad on the air once. Suck it, bitches.
2: <laughs> Greatest moment that we've ever had, I think. <laughs> that
0: was <Yeah>. bad. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, did you hear anything from that? Like, I, I don't really know the background behind that, but I just remember oh. suck it, well, bitches.
1: I I believe in, uh, I learned this a long time ago from one of my first program directors. Once you've done something, inform the person, uh, but do it in a casual way when when they're in a good mood, and then they don't react when, like if somebody else tells them, they may have a different reaction, they may call you in the office, so I did what I always do. I went right to the boss and said, I did this, you might hear about it, you know.
2: Dave Jamison uh, has a uh, wonderful saying, and that is, don't let the boss ever be surprised by something. Yeah, yeah. So That's, always uh, go to the boss, and you do the damage control before the complaints come in, and yeah. things are better.
1: We, we and in this case, I said Matthew, uh, you know, because Wanek basically runs the joint. Uh, you know, I did this, and he uh, he was sleeping, so I, I I assumed that he heard it but <laughs> didn't react. We had a
0: story time guest on, like, like, probably a year ago at this time, and I also needed to get some water. So I decided to go up, and it was a former NHLer, <laughs> And the question was, like, you've worked out with Sidney Crosby. How intense is he? And that's when I thought, okay, there's no way he's going to swear. I'll just go get it. And uh I think the second I walked around the corner, he dropped an F-bomb. Like, oh, fuck, he was a man, that guy in the gym. And literally walked back, looked at the text line, and everybody was calling it out. And I was like, oh, God. And I think that was the advice I got from Matt, too. Like, oh, just tell us next time, and, you know, we'll get ahead of it. So...
1: Well, n- nothing is new under the sun, except that play by the the Pirates today with that guy on uh, heading to first base. But it, it's it it is everything's been done in radio and done wrong in radio. So as, I think as long as you admit it, you're you know you're good to go.
2: Well, I know we have to get to Oilers, and that's what we're on here for. But speaking <laughs> of that Pirates Cubs play there. I Like, every time I watch that, I learn something new or spot something new. And I just watch that play and just couldn't wonder, like, why aren't you touching the base? It's easy. Then I thought it was also two outs at the moment. Yes. <laughs> like, what are do you doing a rundown for with two outs? You touch <laughs> the bag and it's over. Like, I, it took me a while to even notice. it With two outs, like that was a great play because of how wild it was.
0: Yeah, and like you know, the plays at first, it, it's it's automatic, and he he tries to chase him. I like when Baez is in the rundown and the runner scores. He celebrates for a second. Oh, he before does. For, he then he first. goes. <laughs> like he would have made it easy, but he had to celebrate first. It's such a good play. Uh, well, maybe I'll link it to the podcast so people can see it and understand what we're talking about, but
1: amazing, amazing.
0: <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about the Edmonton Oilers and we're going to start off with, uh, something that I think pissed off a lot of people in Oilers Nation. And, uh, obviously it was, uh, kind of came to light that after the game, Ethan Baer had faced a little bit of racism on social media, which unfortunately isn't too surprising. There's a lot of, uh, keyboard warriors out there that really have no ramifications to face, so they don't mind what they say. And, uh. I, I just want to say that I was actually very proud of Ethan Bear for the way he handled it with such grace and the Oilers organization and the players having his back as well and not just for the Oilers but around the NHL. I'll uh, just starting with you. What was your thoughts on that whole situation and how you know the Oilers, the organization, and everyone else handled it?
1: Well, I think it, it you know there's there's always a, a sense of from some that there's a delay, but I think there this story didn't you know get a lot of traction early on, and then it got a lot. So I think people found out about it in stages. But the the one thing that I do know about about any of this is that you when it when it rises up, you have to slam it back down. And I, and I think that that people on on social media, and certainly the Oilers, and certainly Ethan Bear who who uh, released a, a a video that was was spot on and well done, Uh, and across the National Hockey League, uh, from every network, every possible uh, uh, um, organization, uh, that's what you have to do each time, not just one time, but each time, because whatever whatever is happening in the world now for this thing to be more acceptable for people to speak out, th- that has to be tamped down. It's not okay to do this, and it's never going to be okay, and it has to be every time it happens, it, people all have to speak up, and I'm thrilled that it happened in, in such great numbers this time, and then we have to do it all again the next time.
0: And Matt, like you, I know, if people follow you on Twitter, you, you're not afraid to to get into it with people. You, you're going to stand up for what you think is right. How did you think uh, the whole social media response was?
2: Well, the response was fantastic to it. I love how so many people stood up with Ethan and Bear, and you know there was the hashtag I Stand With Bear uh, that started going, and everyone trying to shine light that this stuff isn't acceptable. Um, but it, it, it's the good and bad of social media that we have because this is all happening because of social media. It's great that we have it to. to squash this and bring people down and try to remind people this isn't right but it happens because there's social media and you know players are supposed to be all accessible but because of that the idiots out there feel that they can say whatever they want to these guys for whatever reason. We've seen it time and time again when it comes, you know, your fantasy football team doesn't do well and people are tweeting at a player because they didn't do well and they're sending by all things. Uh, We've had things happen with wives or girlfriends of players who get messages after their players don't play well. And now we're having something with Ethan Barron. Um, The one thing that gives me a slight, you know, positivity is that this is the first time in, in some time we've heard it from a hockey player. You know, um, I'm a big soccer fan and this is happening in soccer all the time. There is a massive problem when it comes worldwide with racism at soccer events. And even yesterday, Manchester United lost to your, in a Europa League final and one of their players who's African American and Marcus Rashford, He tweeted this morning about all, you know, he said he went on social media and started scrolling through and he counted at least at that moment about 20 racist comments towards him and and that stuff's still happening. So it's great that we're having that social media response to squash this and tell people this isn't right. And Al is completely right in this and that's something we have to keep doing. This isn't a one-off thing. This isn't the thing that it's just Ethan Barrett and Edmonton. Every time this happens, we all have to step up and stand out there and say, no, that's wrong. That's unacceptable. This isn't what we want the world to be in 2021 and moving forward. And enough is enough. Yeah. Know. And, you know, you know, racism has been around for a long time. It, it, and social media is just giving us the attention that it's it's around. It, it's It was hidden for a while because you can't see it all the time. Now with social media, we get to see it. And it's our job especially to find those idiots and go, shut up. Enough with this. This is garbage.
0: And I like that you bring up soccer because, I mean, it's pretty well documented that's been the case. And uh, you, the clubs, always you see, you know, anti-racism and FIFA even getting behind it. I kind of threw it out there on social media that it would be cool to see the NHL, you know, do something about this and try to embrace the cultures that they have in this game. I mean, the game's played around the world and do something like a NHL Heritage Week where players could wear, uh, you know, how their name is spelt or, you know, with, with mm-hmm. the character of their native homeland. And, I mean, the Oilers have a couple of guys. I mean, Jujar Kara could do something. Kyler Yamamoto, uh, I've read that his grandfather was of Japanese descent and I think his grandmother's Hawaiian descent. Uh, Ethan Bear, obviously. We saw the jerseys that were made. Do you think the NHL would ever go for that, where maybe it's just a week, whatever it might be, where they really try to grow that? Because, you know, one thing I, I think it would really help people learn about the cultures in the NHL and hopefully open up to them And from the NHL side of things, I mean, you want profits. People are going to buy these jerseys.
1: Yeah, and, and you also learn. You know, I saw a piece on Yamamoto the other day, and I learned a lot about you know Carter Yamamoto. And I've read about Jujar Kara. You know, his his uh, story of his parents is just a beautiful one. There, you know, they they in Canada, uh, he drives a truck. They we worked hard their whole lives. They they wanted to integrate into the community, and they did it through hockey with their children. And it's it's like the great Canadian story, and and that that has value and i think it 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 you know you have to introduce and you have to intermingle and you have to interact and those stories that are told like the yamamoto story or the kara story uh are really important and and it's not just important for ethan bear to be a hero where where he grew up and the people that he knew i think we should all understand that that you know uh the route that he took was maybe a little harder because of where he came from. And then we have to, as a group, make sure the next Ethan Bear has an easier time. That the next Ethan Bear doesn't have to do the video that he did or endure the, the really mindless and, and, uh, cruel, unnecessarily cruel, uh, comments that he had to, you know, once you read them and they, they sink in, they're there. You know, the next Ethan Bear shouldn't have – this Ethan Bear shouldn't have had to. But for crying out loud, we we need to be better than that.
2: And for the NHL, you know, I would love – I, I think your idea is brilliant, Connor. I think it is great. And, you know, you've got so many people that play from, you know, so many different countries, you know. Um, you know, you got so many people from the Nordic countries, you know, like a Larson here in Edmonton. you got people from, with Slavic languages. And, and you would have so many different unique – name plates on the back of jerseys which would really shine a light on the heritage and you know that's the one thing canada's always prided itself on is that we're a multicultural nation we're full of everything i'm an italian ukrainian you guys are all something else as well and that's what makes canada great and that's what makes america great and that's we're immigrants we're all from somewhere and to have a heritage week like that i think would be fantastic and would the nhl do it sadly my You know, following the NHL, you know, they never seem to be on top of these things. So my initial gut would say no. But you look at baseball and they do that nickname weekend where the players get to put their nickname on it or something. Why couldn't the NHL do something like this when you have so many people from so many different nations or so many different backgrounds? Because, again, my name, I could do something. If I was in the NHL, I could do something different with my name because I could write in Ukrainian. How many other guys could do that as well?
0: Yeah and yeah. I mean major league baseball like you say players weekend I mean it's it's meant to be fun and they do turn a profit because those special jerseys people buy them I've seen people buy these special Oilers jerseys that are made the all black or like the breast cancer one the pink and white one these ones could be just like that and you know whether it's uh, Kyler Yamamoto Kara the guys around the NHL, like an Ovechkin one, you tell me Russians wouldn't want to buy that jersey, I think that'd be very cool. So it's something that I hope they would look into and, and try to do something to get ahead of it because it's such a global game. They really got to start to utilize that and and do something and, and try to avoid this kind of stuff for the future because it was such garbage to see that it came up there. And uh, one of the things I thought was actually was fair, and uh, I believe Ethan Bear's girlfriend put it in the post that you know it's okay to be critical with these guys, but race doesn't have to be part of that. So let's move on to those Oilers. And you know what happened, obviously against the Winnipeg Jets, we're a few days removed now. I think we might be calmed down just a little bit, but we'll start with you, Al. What do you think was the biggest problem for the Oilers in this series?
1: Well, they, the, the. The numbers show that the Oilers were were more than competitive in each game. In, in expected goals, they had more than Winnipeg. Now that doesn't count, uh, but the Jets did one thing well, and then the referees either conspired or helped the Jets uh, uh, make an exceptional uh, their, their small move. They put everything in the middle, uh, and so you're, you're you're basically having to go to the outside or Deke or get by somebody as you go uh, through the neutral zone and. and over the blue line. There were lots of trips and lots of holes and lots and a couple of knees, uh, that should have been called. The referees weren't calling. So the, the owners were in a difficult spot because if you clog up the middle and you make it difficult to get in, uh, and y- the other side is able to, to mangle you when you're trying to get by them, there's not a lot you can do. So, uh, and I, like, I don't bitch and moan much about the refereeing, but the National Hockey League really I think they they may have just said to themselves, look, the orders are so good on the power play, we can't be given power plays here because that'll decide the series. But in doing so, I think they decided the series. How about you, Matt?
2: Yeah, so like... I guess one thing you have to look at the is just protecting the lead. And, and you know, you go back to Game One, they had the lead. In Game Three, we obviously know about the lead uh, that they blew and the collapse. And in Game Four, they even had a lead. So and they couldn't hold on to get a victory in any single one of those. You know, you look at the amount of time through four games the Jets actually played with the lead. It wasn't that much. Like it, it was Dustin Nielsen, I think put it best in a tweet that that was probably the closest sweep he's ever seen in sports. And I would have to agree. For me, I, I don't think you're going to find a closer four game series. Um, and- anywhere else that that easily could have been an oilers 3-1 series lead or something we were talking about a game five yesterday or something like that but then also al's point is dead on you know and it's, it's sometimes way too easy to go after the officials but Connor mcdavid didn't get a single penalty drawn against him in four games this is the guy who has the second most in the national hockey league this year and in this series you're telling me there's not a single penalty he drew you know the nhl finds a way to elevate their third and fourth liners or their bottom-pairing defenseman-type guys and bring down their stars, which is completely backwards because no one's paying for those guys. We get mad at baseball because Mike Trout's not in the playoffs. Why? Because he's a star. The reason the NBA playoffs are so great is because the stars shine. What do we love about the NFL? It's the quarterbacks because they're the stars. You know, Tom Brady gets the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes gets the Super Bowl. That's what we want to see because they're the stars. Yet hockey to the reverse. They want the stars to go through the gauntlet. They want the stars to suffer and have to get through that, and the game suffers in the end. And you know, it is one thing to say that, yeah, they shouldn't call a penalty because that's going to decide the other series. Well, the Jets shouldn't take penalties. Then it's in the rule book. So call the rule book. Just call it as it is. Because why do you do it through an entire regular season and throw it away in the playoffs? Call the rule book and just if there's a penalty, it's a penalty. And no one should be able to complain about that. But to try to even things up, it's a joke, and it's one of the reasons the NHL is suffering as a league.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the the way I look at it, like, you want your superstars to go further on in the playoffs? Call the rule book. Like, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, I'm not going to say that this would have... You know, 100% change the series and the Oilers would have moved on. But, you know, we want those guys to be on the bigger stage. We want them to move on. So by not, you know, making those calls and letting them shine in the playoffs and, you know, making game-changing plays like they could have done on a power play that should have been drawn – or by Connor McDavid, like, those things matter. And now you got the Winnipeg Jets advancing on, and, you know, good for them. We'll, we'll, we'll root for them against the Maple Leafs if that happens. But I, I agree with you, Matty. Like, you're, you're just not helping your superstars, and it's getting to the point where it's embarrassing. And I don't know about you guys, but I have no faith that it's going to change. Like, I think this just might be how hockey's going to be. Well,
2: well no, it, it won't change because we were having this discussion a few months ago. I, or it was after the Tim Peel situation. And all, everyone, you know, and that's a big part of this is how the refs handle these things, and the GMs are fine with it, and the league's fine with it, and they're just okay with, you know, allowing game management and all that to occur, and it's, it, I have zero confidence that the NHL's ever going to do something about this, and they're only going to hurt themselves, you know. Uh, and I, I think this beyond just Connor and Leon it, it's for all stars it's for McKinnon it's for Matthews it's for Crosby it's for Ovechkin they should all just be elevated in a way and then by doing that you just have to call the rule book something like the NBA where you know James Harden can get away with a travel because these James Harden or LeBron James can get away with something because he's LeBron people are just asking for the rule book to be called that's it
1: yeah I think that there's two things. number one, I think Randy Carlisle set the tone for Connor McDavid's playoff career right at the beginning of the Anaheim yeah. series in seventeen when he said uh Connor McDavid shouldn't get a free pass, and the problem is that that you know and i'm like I don't like to name names, but I'm going to you know Colin Campbell and the guys who were in charge of that in the n h uh, l they played in a different era. And they're old style guys and they are, for the most part, we're role players. And so the, the, I think the league has to decide, and I, my own feeling is that now that, that it appears as though there's going to be more betting involved uh, in hockey uh, I think this is going to get straightened out in the next four or five years where uh, you're you're simply not going to be able to call the game uh, you know to, to keep it close and you're absolutely not going to be able to have guys on mic like uh, Tim Peel saying what he said and and it's going to be it's going to have to straighten up and fly right the the the, the, the officials call the game they're told to call at the beginning of the year uh, I can't remember who on the the official staff goes around to each team in the league and explains how the rulebook's going to be called this year well that that's kind of nuts guys because the rule book is something that's been around for a while so what you know we're gonna so f- we do not we didn't call this last year but we're going to call this th- for the next at least two years well why don't you as as uh, Matt said a minute ago just call the rules just call the rule book
0: yeah, and I mean, I, I go back to overtime. Was it Kyler Yamamoto that took the penalty? Yes. And yeah, And I don't think anyone would argue that was a penalty. Like, his hand was off his stick. He put his arm over the shoulder, pulls him. Sorry, I'm a little, you know, that, that was a late night for me. I was kind of fatigued when that all happened. But how many times <laughs> did that happen to Connor McDavid in that overtime? And the refs just decided not to blow the whistle. Like, it, it is embarrassing. And that would not happen in any other sport where the Stars get preferential treatment. And, you know, they've kind of earned it. Maybe we'll see it one day, but... Like Matt said, I'm not too optimistic, Al. I hope you're right. Uh, let's talk about Ken Holland and, uh, he spoke to the media on Wednesday, went for well over an hour with his press conference. Al, when you look at positions of need for this team, where does number one priority land for you? And is there any name that stands out heading into free agency that you'd like to see them go after?
1: Well, I think, I think they do need to add some, some skill on left wing. And that's even if they bring Ryan Nugent Hopkins back uh I know there was talk I think it was Elliot Friedman about Zach Hyman uh Blake Coleman is another those aren't the Taylor Hall types or the the uh, uh um you know pure scorer types but like Hoffman but they can help in a lot of different ways and uh in in the case of of Hyman I think that he's he's the kind of guy McDavid could use because Puliarvi is somewhat similar than he can retrieve pucks and uncover pucks. And as long as McDavid has the puck, you're in really good position. So I think they need help on the left wing. Clefbaum is an issue because we don't know if he's coming back. If, if he doesn't come back, they're gonna need help there. Uh, I would say that Two left wings unless they sign Nuge, then one additional left winger. Left defense, we'll see about Ryan McLeod. He's so young, uh, putting him at third-line center might be an issue. But I like puglia on right wing. I like Kala Yamamoto on right wing. Uh, the only caveat I'll say, if Sam Reinhardt is available, they should probably uh, you know, at least make a phone call because that's such a valuable player. And I really like young Evan Bouchard. I think he's going to be on the team next year along with Larson and Ethan Baer. You'd like to see a little bit of a younger goaltender backing up Mike Smith, but that might be a year away. They may just keep Mika uh, Koskinen around for another year.
0: That'd be a that'd be a tough one. Low tide. Uh, Maddie, how about you? Any <laughs> positions in need for the Oilers that stand out outside what Al said?
2: Uh, I don't think there's anything outside of what Al said. I, I think he absolutely nailed it. I, I think the big thing is it comes down to Ryan Nugent-Hopkins and if if you sign him okay that's one thing but if you don't then you got to replace him and that's the thing you know you've got to re- i think that's two guys you're going to have to bring in to replace Nugent-Hopkins you need a guy that um could also help on your power play you can need someone who's a penalty killer but um that's really just one of the big focal points if you don't bring Ryan Nugent-Hopkins back i think that's two guys that you're having to bring in um to replace some of the other things he does outside of 5 on 5 um, but beyond that, you know, you look at that left side, cleft is a big part, you know, of whether he's coming back or isn't, but if he is, you know, you've got nurse, you've got cleft and that's a great top too. And the right side, you've got Larson, so what's gonna happen? I think Ethan Bear has shown he could play as, you know, nurse's partner um up there and, and then you bouchard could start as, as the third guy um and then maybe at some point over the next couple of years he jumps up over that lineup in the left side you never know what you'd have with caleb jones or samarukov or Legison or cuckoo or you can go russell and then philip roberts the guy that you know you can slowly develop a little bit and bring him there so you're good there obviously like i feel like we often talk about the third line center um, which is now turning to me into the Edmonton football team's kick returner. With teams, we talk about it every summer and it never gets answered. They bring someone in that never works. Um, but you know, outside of that, that top left wing with the McDavid or whatever, that's a big thing because as great as Dryson and McDavid are together, you really want them on separate lines and having two unbelievable lines. So, um, getting that, you know, top left winger and, and the younger goalie, like you bring back Mike Smith, you can find a way to get out of Kosk, and then you bring in a young goalie and have a nice competition between two guys for a year until that young goalie can just take over the year after or partly next year, then you're in a pretty good spot if you're the Oilers.
0: Well, I mean, if the Jets just would have let, uh, Lowry hit free agency, they would have finally solved it. That was the key, yes. I think, for him.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> I don't think there was a, a more disappointing day than, well, I mean, outside of the, the losses in the playoffs, but when Adam Lowry was re-signed by the Jets, I saw a lot of Oilers fans pretty ticked off. Like, oh, that was the guy. That would have solved the problem. Uh, alas, it was not meant to be. Uh, very quickly, guys, uh, more disappointing series loss. Blackhawks or Jets?
1: Um, the, the Blackhawk series, I wasn't really disappointed by. I thought, I, based on what I saw, I think there were a lot of guys who didn't think they'd be coming back. And so they weren't, you know, they weren't in tip top condition. It would be a bad way to evaluate a team based on the, the Chicago series. Uh, the disappointment I have in the, in the Winnipeg series is that, that I do, I, you know, you, you watch a team being built, and I do think they have made progress. There's a lot of progress with young players this year. Yes, Apulia Yarvi, uh, really established himself as a, as an NHL player. He scored 15 goals in a short season. Uh, I, I, I think that Ethan Bear started slowly. He had a concussion. He came back and played well for a long time. He had some wobble at the end, but overall he's making progress. Uh, th- this is an organization that has, the ability to develop players down on the farm now in Woodcroft and, and, uh, Dave Manson and that group. And uh, the, the playoffs would have been a chance for those guys to shine. If pull did, but the other guys didn't. So I'm disappointed because there's more of a story in this Oilers team and it'll have to come out next year. So the disappointment for this year with, with the Jets series, uh, will just, I guess, delay, what people are going to discover about these young players who are really substantial, I think. And Evan Bouchard will be added to that next year. Uh, I think the Oilers' young players have not been recognized yet, but next year in the playoffs will probably be their time.
2: Yeah, I look at this Jets series and, and just go, with how dominant the Oilers were against this Jets team in the regular season, and how good they actually kind of played in the series, this is a more disappointing loss because... You know we should be getting set at some point, possibly for an Oilers Leafs type of series, and um, they just let it slip and then they drop the ball. But it's also one of those series where you walk away from and go, there's actually a lot of optimism and hope around this team. There's a lot of good things to come, and you know some of it does come from this cap space. The others come from the young guys that Al's already talked about. Um, that there's a lot of, of things that Oilers fans should be excited about, and it kind of is a bittersweet pill that, you know, this season ended in a real disappointment. And, and it is a disappointing season that it was a four game sweep in the first round. But there should be a lot of excitement because of what should come this summer and where this team is headed. Because now we go to a year next year where it's not about the Oilers making the playoffs like it has been in the last years. It's not about clinching a playoff spot. We're talking about can they compete for the Pacific Division? And. You know, come March, April, it's not, oh, look how good this team is. It's, well, no, show us in April, March, and May how you do in the playoffs. The expectations are growing with this team, and that only happens to good teams, not poor teams.
0: We had uh, Emily Kaplan of ESPN joining us on the Jason Greger show today, and one thing she brought up about the Oilers, and she mentioned this by saying, you know, I'm an outsider, I don't cover the team, Uh, kind of focused on the league as a whole, but she thought that the situation that Ken Holland came into a couple years ago with the Oilers roster and salary cap situation, not ideal. Now, uh, he's been around for a couple years. I know we both are, all three of us call uh, follow this team very closely. What have you thought of what he's done this last two years? Because, I was on social media Friday night after the loss, and I, I won't say the Twitter account, but it, it tweeted out, fire Ken Holland. No, we aren't kidding, and I I just couldn't believe it. What have you guys thought of the work he's done so far, starting with Al?
1: I think he's done well, and I, I, I say that like not just, oh, he's done pretty well. I think Ken Holland's done well, and I'll tell you why. He was so, When he arrived he what he did was he said okay the next two years uh we're just going to be lopping off contracts at the end of the year and i'm going to have to live with that but i have to fill in and i have to find players and he got a lot of guys on one and maybe two-year deals and he he was able to bridge the gap and i think he did it pretty well remember they made the playoffs both times and with, with with this team uh, there's always a real problem. Uh, um, Peter Shirelli had it in 2015. Holland's got it now. When you have money, the owners traditionally have been pretty good at procuring talent when they don't have a lot of money. Back in the olden days, Sather did it well. Kevin Lowe did it well when he first became general manager. The problem for the owners has been, during the cap era, when they've got a lot of free agent money to spend, Steve Tambellini in 2011, Shirelli in 2015, uh, and now Ken Holland this year, they haven't spent it well. So, I, I think Ken Holland has done very well, but I think the big test is going to be this off season, and the names I'm hearing, which are Hyman, Larson, Nuge, Smith, I'm encouraged by, but we'll have to see how long the contracts, how big the contracts, and how many little ones that he can slide in there that can have a big impact. How about you, Maddie? How do you think uh, Holland's done his two years with the team?
2: Yeah, I think those people that want to fire Ken Holland forget the mess Peter Shirelli left here in this in this town. And with this, like, it, it was, everyone was calling for in his head for a reason back in January of 18 or whatever it was, because things were, or so, 2019, because things were that bad. And the cap situation was horrendous. And it takes a while to get out of that, you know. Um, you know, people are, you know, rip Ken Holland because he has James Neal. Well, the reason you have James Neal is because the Lucic contract was worse. And they got a, He's actually the better deal out of the two because you can possibly buy him out, which might be something that's coming this summer, which you couldn't do with Lucic. You know, uh, has there been some mistakes made by Ken Holland? Sure. You know, the Zach Casting deal doesn't look good right now. The Kyle Turris deal's not that great. However, you can always bury Kyle Turris if you need to, and it's not that much on the cap. As I was saying, it's a lot of one, two year deals, and even the two year deals, they're not that bad that you can easily get out of them if you need to. That I think with what he's had a deal with because of the handcuffs that Peter Shirley put on him, he's done pretty well. And let's not forget, last summer, you know, in January of last year, we were anticipating a salary cap to go up to as high as possibly $87 million. And then COVID hit. And COVID changed a lot of things. It changed that Athanasio deal. You know, Athanasiu didn't get a chance to uh, to be with this team and build some chemistry. And then Ken Holland couldn't qualify him because it was too much because we also saw a flat cap in the National Hockey League. And he had to make deals that – were around covid now it's his summer now it's his team because of all this cap space coming it's the, the handcuffs are off anything moving forward it's all on ken holland and we're going to see what he can do with this team and any mistakes or successes that happen over the next years that's all now on ken holland we can forget about the past but for these first couple years you have to always remember about peter shrelly and even after peter shrelly the miko deal wasn't even him um you know you have to remember how all these guys put the handcuffs on ken holland as he was hired and he just got out of them and those people that want to fire ken holland are like really so uh, go to Connor mcdavid with that right now where you go hey we're, we're just going to you made the playoffs in two years but we're going to fire the gm again and then the new gm is going to come and he's probably going to want his own coach again here too and and the dysfunction that that leads to an organization you've hired this guy two years ago few you trust and you see what he can do now i get there's some trepidation because of his late time in detroit i get that And now that's where everyone should just follow along and see what Ken does and judge it when he does things. But going into this just thinking, fire him, everything's a mess, you forgot how bad things were with Peter Shirelli. And what Ken Allen has done, I think, has been fine so far because as much as you want to rip him for bad things, Mike Smith was a good deal in the end. Tyson Berry was a good deal in the end. He also has quite a bit of wins when it comes to this team. Let's see what now he can do with this 22 million. And what I would really hope he doesn't do is I was talking about, you know, this team's had trouble spending money. Don't spend money just because you have it though, too. Just because you have 22 million plus don't, doesn't mean you have to go spend it all. You spend what you need to fill out the holes on this team and improve this club. But sometimes having cap space is worth more than spending the money on a player.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree totally. And I also think that, that, the, what, what Matt just said is really important. Probably the most important thing we're talking about because the, the, the cautionary tale for Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl uh, to stay in Edmonton and to play long enough to win the Stanley Cup, uh, is Rick Nash and Columbus. And Rick Nash and Columbus didn't ask for a trade until I think it was the third or fourth general manager. And the, the Blue Jackets, uh, announced they had a new GM. I think it was Scott Housen, Uh, and they I said we're going to rebuild and at that point rick nash said guys you know what i've been here for 10 years and i think now i would like you know if you can get me somewhere else where i can compete for a stanley cup and i, I like at that point i don't think anybody was was overly critical of nash but if if these guys feel like they're building and it's pretty obvious that Connor mcdavid and leon Draisaitl feel this team is building now that's the best thing in the world and the, there's always a sense I think among Oilers fans because everybody's so passionate and have followed the players from draft day till they arrive and then their entire career there are things we don't know about uh, that are are uh, maybe challenges players are having in a specific year or injuries or, or all kinds of things that we are not uh, necessarily uh, uh, aware of and there's they're kept for various reasons so when we look at this team without Oscar kle on this year hopefully he's back next year but they were short-handed in that way all year long uh, when they when they finally become the team that I think that people envision and they have that pipeline coming up from Oklahoma City and most importantly as Matt said they have some continuity and and uh, some consistency in the GM in the people the GM relies on in the coaching staff that's when you start to really build and people can't I think people pass by the fact this club has been in the playoffs two years in a row. If we'd gone back to 2010 and said, at some point, you're going to make the playoffs two years in a row, nobody would have thought it had taken this long, but there would have been a general happiness about it. And that's the important thing. They're a playoff team. Now they've got to be more than that. I'm going to let you guys play GM here, and
0: I'm going to keep it very simple here. Yes or no, will blank player be a part of the Oilers team next year and I'm not talking in the organization I don't mean in Bakersfield I mean will they play a good chunk of games for the Edmonton Oilers yes or no do you guys understand this
1: okay, you're gonna so give us I the names yes right or I'll or no. give
0: you the name you tell me yes or no if you think they'll play with the Oilers next season all right because I think I, I got this. I tried this on five questions and they just you know Greg okay, and no. got very wordy yeah. and we're trying it was like no yes or no that's all we need to hear okay like, are you, you ready
1: you, the wrong crowd was involved <laughs>
0: I'm trying it again. I'm, I'm just reusing segments here. I called it the lightning round on five questions, okay. but it didn't work out that well. Okay. Maddie, you
1: go first. And Maddie's okay.
0: first, low tide second throughout here. We'll start off Ryan Nugent Hopkins.
1: Uh, yes.
0: LT? N- no. Ooh, okay. Uh, James Neal? No. No. Alex Chason? No. No. Tyler Ennis? No. No. Dayton Haas. Yes. No. Uh Joachim Nygaard? No. No. And Patrick Russell. No. No. Dylan Holloway.
1: No. Yes. Tyler Benson. No. Yes, unless Seattle takes him in the expansion draft.
0: That's not part of the rules, Al. <laughs> Adam Larson. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Tyson Berry. No. No. Dmitry Kulikov. No. No. Slater Cuckoo. Yes. Yes. Oh. Evan Bouchard. Yes. Yes. Philip Broberg.
2: No. Later. Mike Smith. Yes.
1: Yes. And Mikko Koskinen. No. No. But with (laughs) a comma and words. (laughs) Alex Stalock. No. No.
0: All right. You guys did pretty good there, actually. Only uh, like two extra words were used in that whole thing. That's what I wanted to accomplish. Uh, Guys, not going to keep you very much longer here. I know that uh, you both have a lot to do on this fine Thursday night, but... The Oilers around this time typically would be full fledged talking about the NHL draft. This year it looks like they'll be picking, you know, in the twenties, which is a great sign for this team. Are they in a position where they can draft best player available, or do you think there's a specific need where they need to go and uh, kind of address a need?
1: Well, I think they are because of the weirdness of the draft and the weirdness of of scouting. Uh, I think they're gonna they're gonna go BPA, but it might be. Uh, Sebastian Kosa, if he's available, and they do need goaltending, so it would be a combination of BPA and and goal, and, and need.
2: Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's it's a weird one because just the scouting is going to be so different for this one that I, I don't know how you go about it. So, um, I think in a year like this, you're going to see. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's someone like Al said, it's, it's kind of a combination, but I I wonder if the Oilers will lean a little towards uh, a little more towards a position for organizational depth, a little more than best player available.
0: Yeah, I mean if Coase is there, I think that'd be so tempting. That guy I've had a lot of guests on talking about prospects and who the oilers might look at, and everyone just loves him. The potential that's there. They say he just looks like a goalie, six foot six right now. Uh just a stud for the Edmonton Oil Kings, and uh, hopefully we get a chance to watch a little bit more of him next year in in person. Guys, uh one last question for you here. Uh from what you've seen in the Stanley Cup playoffs so far. Do you have a prediction for who might meet up in the final? or well, Let's just say who's going to hoist the cup when it's all said and done.
1: You go first, Maddie.
2: Okay, I don't have a prediction of who's going to do it. I'm going to go with who I want. I want to see the Islanders take on the Avs, and I would love the Islanders with... Barry trots and Lou winning another title. So I'm going to go with the Islanders over the Avs. That's what I would love to see. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not going to do that prediction. I predicted the Oilers in five, so I'm done with those things. I'm going to go with my heart.
1: Well, if he gets to, I get to. I'm going to say Boston versus the Avs, and I won't pick a winner either.
2: I did pick a winner. I picked the
1: Islanders. Oh, well, Boston. I said I wanted Lou and Barry trots to win the Cup. I'm on the show with you. You can't expect me to listen to you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're trying to figure out that new computer you got.
1: At. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, this is—I God, my children didn't tape this. This is so bad. I'm just—I'm God. it, you, it its just. You don't just, think
2: it, they taped you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why? How would I know? Right. <laughs> uh,
0: last uh, last opportunity, guys. If you want to sling any dirt at each other, uh, this is the last chance because i just want to wrap it up here.
1: I, I will, t- in, in all honesty, uh, uh, I, I love working with Matt. We rarely do because I, uh, I'm working, uh, from home. Uh, but in the times that we work together, all we do is laugh and, uh, we have some, some inside jokes that will always be ours. Uh, and, and, uh, I, I enjoy it. He's, he's a, he's a fun guy and he's in no way the persona that sometimes he, uh, takes on because we sort of present him that way on the radio station. <laughs>
2: See, and Al's the complete opposite. Anytime people ask me, what's Al like? And I go, it's Al. This is who he is. He's just a wonderful, lovely human being. And, I I like, it it has sucked these last 16 months not having Al in the building because even just chatting before his show, before he heads off, or there's always the little, you know, pass by after his show and before JMO's show, he'd come by. And my favorite is always I would sit in the same studio with Dave whenever he'd have an intern, and every day Al would look at me and go, What's the intern's name? And every day, I'd have to tell Al what their name was, uh, and he'd walk away and say hi to the intern. Uh, so, and yeah, I, Al, we missed you in the building. Won't lie.
1: Well, uh, you know what? What I like about Awana is he was one of the few people who understood that I didn't know. He wasn't. I wasn't trying to play along or be funny. I simply didn't know the guy's name, <laughs> which included your <Uramchuk>. own <laughs> Oh no, for your M it was at least a month. I swear. <laughs> Every day what's that guy 's name?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, complicated name that Tyler al who's your uh, favorite intern of all time?
1: Oh God, I don't do that to <laughs> me um, <laughs> no i I won't that, we've had some really good ones, I have to say uh, uh, uh the the station picks really really good people um and and uh, you know even if I had somebody in mind, I probably don 't know their name. You could have just said Matt, you know. (laughs) Well, I I I don't recall. Intern, I wasn't a station intern. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't recall him around. Yeah, he was. uh... Um, I will say this, Hallie was the one who, who had to babysit me at the beginning when I didn't know what the hell I was doing because I'd worked top 40 years and years previous to that. So Hallie on the Saturday show was the one who sort of said, Al, that's the microphone. Don't touch that. That'll blow up and, uh, you're still on the air. I, turn your mic off that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, I was told I was working with a radio veteran. He knows what he's doing. So don't worry about it. So. <laughs>
1: Oh, we found God. a
0: way to get it all done. Well, guys, thanks so much for doing this. Really appreciate it. And uh, if you're willing, maybe we'll do it again sometime. Sounds Anytime. great. Excellent roundtable with Low Tide from the Lowdown with Low Tide, Monday through Friday, TSN 1260 from 10 a.m. until noon. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter as well, at Low Tide and Matthew Wanick, one half of the Dave Jameson Show, which you can hear on TSN 1260 from noon until 2, Monday through Friday. Give him a follow also on Twitter, at Matthew Awanik And that is going to wrap it up for another edition of the Other Connor Podcast. Big thank you to our sponsor, DraftKings. If you're going to sign up, and I recommend you do so, make sure you use promo code THPN. Lots of hockey to bet on. you got baseball, basketball. Before you know it, football will be back. And then the Oilers will be back. And hopefully they'll be winning games. And uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl will be winning you money on DraftKings check it out gotta thank my friends at the hockey podcast network for making this all happen my name is connor halley you can give me a follow on twitter as well if you feel like it at connor halley i really do appreciate it thank you so much for tuning in today we'll talk to you next time here on the other connor podcast thanks for tuning in to the other connor podcast new shows drop every tuesday and friday wherever you get your podcasts from